Tony. Hi, this is uh, Joe Staten, and I'm known for uh, Green Lantern, Scooby-Doo, and Dick Tracy, and you're listening to the Coffee and Comets podcast. Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Coffee and Comics Podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robison. I'm back with an addendum to the JL May crossover. I'll be looking at more of the Blackest Night event, but this time it's some of the crossover issues, so I'll just be giving them a brief overview. So pull out your copies of Untold Tales of Blackest Night and Adventure Comics number 4, 5, and 7. Alright, let's start with Untold Tales of Blackest Night. This is a bit of an anthology issue with multiple creators involved, including Jeff Johns, Ivan Rice, Ethan Van Skyver, Pete J. Tomasi, Adam Schlagman, Jeremy Love, J.T. Kroll, Ed Bennis, Brett Booth, Patrick Gleason, Jason Fabuk, John J. Hill, Travis Lanham, Ryan Wynn, Sandra Hope, Eau Claire Albert, Tyler Kirkman, Bat, Brian Bucaletto, Alex Sinclair, and Andrew Dowhouse. The book opens with Lissa Drack, bookkeeper of the Sinestro Corps. She's been separated from her precious Book of Fear, and instead has encountered the Book of Black. This book shows her tales related to, you guessed it, The Blackest Night. First, we see Ragman's encounter with Black Hand, where the souls from the Suit of Sorrows are raised as Black Lantern zombies. Next, we see the Rainbow Raiders all commit suicide, as if part of some cult, in a failed effort to be raised as Black Lanterns. But these are just a couple of quote-unquote deleted scenes from the overall story. The third tale focuses on Animal Man and his experiences leading up to Blackest Night, as well as during and after. In short, we see Buddy Baker talk about his family, his death, his brief moments as a Black Lantern, rising again as a White Lantern, and how he returns home after the event. The important takeaways here are a small callback to the storyline 52, and Starfire living with Buddy's family, and the way Buddy says he will be taking control of his own destiny from now on. What I really wish we could have avoided is how Black Lantern Animal Man is a lusty rape machine targeting Starfire. I mean, really? Sigh. Moving on, we get a tale about Donna Troy. 
we see her and the then-current Titans team. Then we move into the major conflicts where Donna gets bitten and changes into a Black Lantern. However, we also see Wonder Girl Cassandra Sandsmark and her feelings during this. The best moment from this is the last page where she realizes she will be facing her idol, Wonder Woman, her boyfriend, Connor Kent, and her mentor, Donna Troy. Honestly, this seems pretty superfluous, and this is coming from a pretty big fan of both Donna and Cassie. At least one-third of this is in the actual main storyline. Sigh once again. Ah, here we go. Back in Gotham City, the Scarecrow is doing what he does best, causing fear. He reminisces about all the fear he's inflicted over the years, but laments that he can't feel it himself. Through an extended sequence obviously inspired by scenes from Batman Begins, Scarecrow experiences fear from a giant misshapen Batman riding a horse. He eventually meets up with a yellow ring that welcomes him to the Sinestro Corps. This is probably the most enjoyable of the stories here, but again, there's not a ton added to the main story of the event. We also get a tale of Karosil, a Sinestro Corps member helping to defend the yellow power battery on Korrigar. She encounters creatures she once knew as family, now Black Lanterns. As they trick her into letting her guard down and attempt to kill her, she is saved by Green Lantern Zvereel. Together, they take out the creatures. But angry at her own apparent weakness, Karasil kills Zvereel and flies off to deal with emotions personally. I'm not even sure what, if anything, this adds to the overall story, but it's still a pretty interesting tale. And then we return to the frame story of Lissa Drac. She encounters a mysterious figure who promises her a chance to take care of a new book. The end. Let's take a quick promo break before moving on to Adventure Comics. John Jones of Mars. Katmatsui of Gorgar. Ronnie Raymond of Earth. ago, a crashing wave of light erupted across the DC Universe. A multicolored spectrum of energy bathed the cosmos in a war of light. Rage clashed against passion. Hope sought to stifle fear. Greed to choke out compassion. And in the middle of it all, the will to keep going and fight for all. 
Now this war has come to the surface of our planet because while the light fights, the darkness rises. Hero, villain, friend, foe, family. Across the universe, the dead have risen, and it's going to take every available podcaster to fight back. In 2016, we covered the dawn of the Justice League with Justice League Year One. In 2017, we soaked in the seminal justice. Last year, we threw it back to the Silver Age. But this year's JLMA podcast event covers an event that knows not the boundaries of death itself. JLMA covers Blackest Night in celebration of the event's 10-year anniversary. Our coverage begins on April 30th with the podcast of OA and proceeds through the entire month of May with Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, The Idolhead of Diablo, The Fire and Water Podcast, Head Speaks, Coffee and Comics Podcast, Longbox Crusade, Waiting for Doom, Task Force X, The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, The Doctor DC Podcast, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, and Ends with the Lantern Cast. So join us this May, because across the DC Universe, the dead have risen. Where will you be? Okay, so Adventure Comics 4 and 5 are their own story, and 7 is something separate. So, Adventure Comics numbers 4 and 5 were written by Jeff Johnson, Sterling Gates. Pencils by Jerry Ordway. Colors by Brian Buccoletto. Letters by Steve Wands, and inks by Bob Wasick. We open on Earth Prime, where Clark Kent, formerly Superboy Prime, is reading the latest issues of the Blackest Night crossover. Remember, Earth Prime is supposed to be our world. In a bit of fourth wall breaking, he freaks out and gets mad at what DC is doing to him. He recounts the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis, focusing mostly on his interactions with Alexander Luthor of Earth-3. We also see Alexander Luthor rising as a Black Lantern, and the Legion of Superheroes, notably the incredibly attractive Ayla Rands, telling us that time is changing and the multiverse is in danger. Back on Earth Prime, Clark demands his parents take him to the comic store. They admit their fear that he might kill them. Black Lantern Alexander shows up amidst a heated fourth wall discussion about Superboy Prime and causes Clark to once again become Superboy Prime as he appeared during Infinite Crisis. The two fight things out, once again with dialogue basically being pulled straight from online discussions about whether or not Superboy Prime should be a hero or a villain. After an extended fight with even more Black Lanterns, Superboy Prime ends up in Manhattan and crashes into the DC offices, scaring multiple writers and artists. Alexander Luthor and the other Black Lanterns corner Superboy Prime, and 
through pointing out that he killed his one-time girlfriend, Lori, help convince him to join them as a Black Lantern. However, when he puts on the ring, Clark is flooded with the emotional spectrum. We get to see him as multiple Skittles-flavored lanterns before he defeats the Black Lanterns, and we see him again in his basement, lamenting what DC creators have turned him into. It is then that we see Lori, who only has a broken arm, and she implies that DC creators will leave Clark alone from now on. So it seems Superboy Prime finally gets his happy ending after all. Adventure Comics number 7, What Did Black Lantern Superboy Do?, was written by Tony Bedard, pencils by Travis Moore, inks by Dan Green, Keith Champagne, and Bob Wasick, colors by Brian Buccoletto, and letters by Steve Wands. The book opens with Black Lantern Connor choking Wonder Girl. We recount Connor's life as a Superman clone and his death during Infinite Crisis, as well as his burial in the Fortress of Solitude. The majority of the book is spent as an internal struggle of Connor's soul not wanting to hurt Cassie, but his body doing whatever the Black Lantern ring commands. Throughout the battle, Connor manages to wrestle enough control away to convince Cassie to take the battle to the fortress. There, the Black Lantern ring is tricked into leaving the current Superboy body and trying to resurrect the original. This allows Connor to freeze the ring in ice, and Cassie to chunk it into deep space. Connor and Cassie, along with Crypto, fly back to Coast City to rejoin the battle against Necron, to be continued in Blackest Night number 8. Okay, so one more quick promo break, and then I'll have a few thoughts on all four of these books. Can you believe it, Jay? Young Justice is back! The Cartoon Network show from five years ago? No, yeah, that too. I, I mean the comic book. Oh, cool, a comic book based off the Cartoon Network show? No, yeah, I mean that too, but but not oh, that. The 1998 Peter David run? No, yeah, kinda, I mean, oh, this is gonna get confusing. Wait, 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 are you trying to say that there's a brand new comic book series written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Patrick Gleason, along with a new season of the animated show on the DC Universe streaming app, and a digital first comic that fills in the gaps between seasons two and three? Yes. I mean, yes. Sounds like we need a podcast to keep all this straight. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to say. Well, say it. The new podcast, Everyone Loves Young Justice, will spin out of Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, as a sister podcast, following the adventures of Tim Drake and his new team, Young Justice, with members like Superboy, Impulse, Wonder Girl, oh, Arrowette, a Red Tornado, The Justice Cave, Miss Martian, Blue Beetle, Shazam, The Super Cycle, Ginny Hex, Teen Lantern, Jay, Jay! What? <laughs> One thing at a time, man. Oh, th sorry. We will start right where it all began in the pages of the 1998 Peter David run. And we will alternate between that and the new Brian Michael Bendis 2019 run. While also discussing the DC Universe animated series and tie-in comics. We are part of the BatmanUniverse.net podcast network. We can be found there or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're going to cover all aspects of Young Justice. Man, I love Young Justice. I know. Everyone does. Oh, I get it. <sighs> okay. So the quick and dirty versions here. Untold Tales. It's pretty, to be sure. The stories are kind of neat character explorations, but honestly, nothing new or special is dealt with here. 
Sinestro Corps Scarecrow is a really cool concept, but I'm glad it didn't stick around long, honestly. The story about the Sinestro Corps member is probably the best one of the bunch, actually. Mostly because you have a little more freedom with it. And if you're looking to complete a set or just read a few quick short bits, this is a good pickup, but otherwise, hard pass. Adventure Comics 4 and 5. Oh, man. Superboy Prime Completionists. Are there any? We'll definitely love this. It feels like Jeff Johns and Sterling Gates just sitting around arguing about what is you know, going to happen to Superboy Prime. What has happened? Is he still a beloved character or was it just a, I don't know, flash in the pan? It's not really an enjoyable story. I mean, it is only there to sell issues even more than the Untold Tales one-shot was. But I suppose it's a nice epilogue to what happened to Superboy Prime throughout the early 2000s. It's pretty to look at, and I'll rarely, if ever, turn down a Sterling Gate story, but it just feels so... tacked on. Like, really? I mean, completionists and fourth-wall-breaking collectors only, but... If nothing else, I mean, it's got Legion of Superheroes backups, so that that's like another 10 points in its favor, so you tell me. Adventure Comics number 7. Honestly, probably the best of all four issues here. It adds the most to the overall chain of events and directly ties back into where the storyline left off. This one is especially important if you are Connor Kent or Wonder Girl fans. I'm glad this one exists, even if it does feel like a buy-it-if-you-really-want-to tie-in. Okay, so, like most crossover tie-ins, none of these are quote-unquote needed to enjoy or understand the overall Blackest Night storyline. All of them have enjoyable art, and moderate to good story. I wouldn't shell out a ton on these, but if you're in the mood, I'd say they are still worth reading. They definitely go pretty well with a good cup of coffee. But that about sums it up. Be sure to check out all the podcasts participating in the JL May crossover this year. A list of them will appear in the show notes. All right, let's take a quick promo break, and I'll be back with some listener feedback. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast. A new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue, in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter Batman Doctor Fate Black Canary Fire Ice Maxwell Lord Oberon Captain Marvel Rocket Red Captain Adam Mr. Miracle Guy Gardner Booster Gold Blue Beetle Nort And many, many more. Justice League International Blahaha Podcast Coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Welcome back. Last episode got Twitter favorites and retweets from Paul Hicks, Laurel at Mountainflower1, 
Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Dr. Ange, Tim Price, Charlton Hero, Delvin the Dark Web Williams, Reggie Reggie, Christados, The Longbox Crusade Podcast, The Blog of Oa, Sean Ross, Green Lantern HG, Taylor Pector, Raybon Jose Zapata, Jack Roca, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Martin Gray, J. Jones Goldstein, Jerome B., The Lantern Cast, Between the Pages, Liwanag, Rolled Spine Podcast, and The Dr. DC Podcast. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gene Hendricks, Tim Price, Pat Sampson, The Irredeemable Shag, Al Sedano, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, and Aaron Head Moss. If I missed anybody, I apologize. I'm recording this pretty close to the release date of the previous episode. So if I did miss you, please let me know and I'll get it in on the next episode. I don't really have much feedback on the last episode to give, but I do have an iTunes review to share with you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's always nice when one of those shows up. This one comes to us from good old Sean Ross. Sean left us a five-star review, and he says, You know those teachers you had in the past who loved what they taught so much that it made you love it too? That's what it's like to listen to coffee and comics. Whether he's covering an all-time great issue or something from the Ultraverse, Clinton's enthusiasm and love for comics shines through. So grab a coffee and tune in. Well, thanks, Sean. I really appreciate those kind words. Oh, always nice to get a review like that. So please do share some reviews on iTunes. Uh, if you don't use iTunes, you can always email me with any sort of comments, questions, discussion, any sort of thing like that. Just email coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments at the website, coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or you can message me on Twitter, at coffeecomicsblg. So that really about wraps it up this time. I guess that means it's time for the closing music, right? Well, I've got a special treat for everybody before you go. There are several fine young men who I'm sure are going to go far. Ladies and gentlemen... The Ramones. Ah, these minstrels will soothe my jangled nerves. I'd just like to say this gig sucks. The moon is full, the air is still. All of a sudden, I feel a chill. Victor is grinning, flesh and riding away. Skeleton dance, I curse these days. And at night, what no wolves cry out. Listen close, then you can hear me shout.
Hey, I think they liked us. Have the Rolling Stones killed? Oh, sir, those aren't... Do as I say. 